Hello, everyone, and welcome to week or episode. Jesus Christ, I can't <laughs> even talk. Uh, episode 120 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. Hello. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I get. That's where I'm at. I don't know. I don't know what's happening anymore. My brain is melting. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired tonight. You know, just it's a long week. I just want to sleep, you know? Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. <laughs> so do you uh, want to just not do this? And just yeah, sure. Let's just, that's it. <laughs> episode over. Episode 120 was a uh, true, true banger. Yeah. Um, One of because I, I, uh, I didn't work on Monday because it was Martin Luther King Day. Right. So I work today and I normally don't. And my body does not like it. Oh, okay. Yes. It's uh, not It's not happy about that. I work every Friday and my I body know. is never happy about that. Mm, good. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I did want to ask you before we get into this. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like, um, just kind of like if we have uh, licensed music as like our theme song, would, would anything bad happen to our podcast or uh i mean in theory we could get sued but i don't make any money on this and this song is not licensed okay because i was thinking what if we changed it to rebecca black's uh it's friday oh yes yes because you know why not right yeah but no you cannot use licensed music as your podcast <laughs> theme song what, what if it we is, asked uh, Rebecca Black? I mean, if we asked Rebecca Black and we got permission, I'm sure we could do it. Okay. So you reach out. <laughs> if she says yes, I will I'll do it. <laughs> At least for one episode. Oh, I mean I'd do it forever <laughs> if she let us. I mean that's yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. well I'll I'll get on that. I'll, okay, I'll, perfect. I'll have yeah. my people reach out to her people. <laughs> yeah, we'll have our people reach out to her people and we'll see we'll see how that one goes, I think. Uh, but yeah uh some some news happened i guess this week uh, mm-hmm. uh something sad but we'll get that to that a little later yeah um, yeah so that resident evil thing happened yesterday and the big it news did. is resident evil village is coming out on the 7th so uh it is coming out may 7th may yes. 7th i yeah i'm tired i told you many it's like the 7th <laughs> Ooh, that's so <laughs> soon february 7th uh yeah so may 7th may is 7th. when it is coming Ooh. out uh they also announced that it's coming out on the ps4 and the xbox one mm-hmm. to which the internet made a collective giant fart sound uh but it makes sense because they got to make that money. Yeah. Um, there was also some other stuff about it. Like they uh, returned to the old inventory system where you like got to play inventory Tetris. Mm. Yes. Uh, there is the tall nine foot tall vampire woman who everyone is horny for. <laughs> she was prominently featured in this trailer. She was only mm-hmm. teased in the last one. Um, God, Chris Redfield has no neck and he's it's so weird they like made him look slightly better than he did in seven but he still is like seems like he doesn't have a neck and i don't like that it's, he's just really stocky he's so stocky now why he's he's literally looked like a different human being in each game he's been in uh just the graphics are getting better Manny. they are but like leon looks the same mm. the fuck so does uh jill well, in five, she looked different. Whatever. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of cool stuff about Resident Evil. They announced a, uh, a shitty multiplayer thing that like actually looks like shit. Um, it looks very bad. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, as far as I know, like I never heard anybody say anything negative about Resident Evil 3's multiplayer. No, I guess it's actually like okay. And um the thing that held it back was I guess it doesn't have like any servers or anything, so it's all like hosted client side. Right. Um, so that causes some issues. Uh and it was all like unique and new characters, but this new one is like all of the Resident Evil characters that you in theory know and love, uh, in locations from the games, but it looks the graphics just look unbelievably terrible in my opinion and it just looks boring so there's that as well i'm wondering if it's going to be a smaller game if they're trying to pack in some multiplayer stuff you know uh i doubt it um because i bet it would be at least the size of seven yeah i mean that's what you would expect but i mean like two didn't have that have any multiplayer no, but I, I so I think the thing that happens with these types of games all the time is that they are always so concerned about used sales because it's a single player game that people will generally play through like once and then try to sell back. Mm. So I think they're trying to like enhance the longevity, except uh, maybe they should just announce a season pass of DLC or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like just throwing together, hobbling together a multiplayer that no one's going to use is not going to get people to stay no, in the no. game. Ugh. Um so yeah that that also came out of this and mm. uh, a rumor was came out today which is probably true and that uh cap that there was a external development company that did a majority of the heavy lifting on the Resident Evil 3 remake. Mm-hmm. They apparently were doing 4 as well but have uh, been mostly pulled off and Capcom is going to make that uh, mostly internal development now. Yeah, I did see that as well. And oh. so I guess if that is the case then it will come out at the end of 2022 probably. So I wonder if they'll that at delay it at that point. Well, I mean, that would be the delay because I think it was supposed to come out. Well, no, I'm saying like because like Capcom typically does not release like at least Resident Evil in like the fourth quarter. That seems like a quarter one, quarter two for them. So, yeah, I'm just kind of wondering if it's like set to come out in November. Maybe they delay it until even January. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows? Mm I. I. Uh, in other like positive news, Hitman Three, it was their biggest digital launch in franchise history. So yeah, it completely broke everything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, good for them. Things are. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm glad because like they're self publishing this, so like that means they're getting all the money from that, and they're not having yeah, to yeah. split the the profits at all. So, uh, good for them. Yeah, good for Aya doing going big, mm-hmm. and the every minute I play of Hitman three, I just think I can't wait to play a James Bond game made by these people. <laughs> yeah. So yes. I can't wait for that. Um, Xbox, uh, the this gold, is so I, fucking stupid. Uh, the gold is going up. Um, <laughs> the price of it is going up. Uh, if you pay monthly, it's going up to $11. If you pay every three months, it's going up to $30. And if you pay every six months, it's going up to $60. And just in general, it is $120 a year, mm-hmm. which is literally double the price. Yes. And you are getting pretty much nothing for that. <laughs> that is like worth paying for. So I know it, it's, I can't tell if this is just them trying to push people to buy game pass ultimate. Right. 
or if it is just like they all of a sudden can't support the servers anymore. Like, I have no idea. The doubling the price seems fucking insane wild to me. It does, yes. Um, so we'll see. I mean, like, people already have a tenuous relationship with paying to play online at all. Right. So, it, you know, the double the price seems crazy, but... I, I would like to think that it's because they're trying to push people towards Game Pass Ultimate, but I, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's what I have. I just, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even have gold if I didn't have Ultimate because I don't play enough online games for it to even Same, be, yeah. Especially on Xbox, yeah. Um, even PlayStation. I mean, like, I played one multiplayer game basically last year. <laughs> so, like, I, that I usually just pay monthly, like from month to month, and then usually cancel my PlayStation yeah. Plus. But I mean, I know you do. You keep it. I do because I just download the games every month. Right, and then also I'm play them. much more likely to play online. Right, right. So, um, I I saw this a uh, tweet from Sony Santa Monica. They are hiring an art director for an unannounced title. And a lot of people are thinking it's a new IP. Ooh. And uh, that would be kind of cool. Although one concern is last time they worked on a new IP, it ended very poorly for them. <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> to the point where like half their studio got like light laid off. and. But I think Santa Monica is in a good place right now. And Sony's been doing well financially so hopefully they'll be able to afford this project right Mm -hmm. yeah i i would assume so i would think that they could do a good job but you Mm -hmm. know never a guarantee i guess right right uh the interesting thing is like Corey barlog i wonder if he's going to be working on this or if he's working on ragnarok Mm. because normally god of war they're they have like a new director for every game Mm mm-hmm so I'm I, I I'd be kind of curious if he's working on a new IP for them what it what it would be, yeah, because he worked he went and worked on Tomb Raider didn't he? I don't know because I think he left and then went I went to Crystal Dynamics for a couple years and then worked on either Tomb Raider or Rise of the Tomb Raider I thought, but not that I it... didn't he work on Gears. Um, that's not true at all he did work on tomb raider it it was tomb raider yes tomb raider 2013 cinematics director because that's where he got the idea of doing like the the no cut the the cinematic throughout the entire Mm -hmm. game no load screens he wanted to do that for tomb raider but i think it was a little too ambitious back then but then they were able to do it in uh the 2018 god of war so Uh, and this last one, I'm going to let you talk about because I think I hate gonna... this. Mm-hmm. I hate it so much. So apparently, if you do do well and make great games and they sell a fuckload, it doesn't matter. And you are still doomed because Vicarious Visions, they uh, did the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, which has sold over 10 million copies. Mm hmm across all platforms and they just did the uh remaster of 
Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, which also has done very well financially and was a great game and a great remaster. Mm-hmm. Um, Activision decided to announce today that they have been merged with Blizzard. So now Vicarious Visions will only, quote, be working on existing Blizzard games and initiatives going forwards. So that uh, ruins all of my hope for them to add on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 and 4 to this collection. Or make a Tony Hawk 6. Make a Tony Hawk 6, make an underground collection, literally anything that I would have wanted. Uh, It just... This seems wildly bizarre to me. Um, And I know that there has been a lot of speculation that Blizzard is having a lot of trouble internally recently. Um, And this could be like part of Activision trying to fix that because Blizzard is like a huge moneymaker for them. Right. In general. Uh, But like, man, what the fuck? This studio went from being like a mediocre studio hashing out a bunch of dumb shit to being finally be giving a chance to do some cool stuff and they like do it and knock it out of the park and their reward is to be like oh i guess like go make overwatch maps now or something like man what yeah that just and this is like the most activision thing ever to be honest with you so but it like outside of that it just it bums me out because like the fact that they actually had three studios in Vicarious Visions, Beanox, and Toys for Bob that could do things that weren't Call of Duty was cool and interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, every other studio they had just, like, got sucked up into being a Call of Duty studio or a Call of Duty support studio. Yep. Because, and... like, Neversoft doesn't do anything now. They don't even exist. So, like... Yeah, I don't know. I you know what they should do? They sh- they're going to have Toys for Bob make a Call of Duty game next. And then then you're never going to have a reason to ever buy any Activision game. I know, but you know, maybe Toys for Bob can make a fun COD game. Um <laughs> You have to it's Toys to Life. You have to buy the guns <laughs> and scan them into the game. That is possible, but you will not play it. No, I wouldn't. But I'm just saying, like, it just is one of those things where it's like, really, dude? And I know Beanox does support on COD stuff, too, but at least they just did uh, the Crash Bandicoot 4. And by all accounts, they did a really good job with that. Just, yeah, I don't know. So, like, the only thing that I think could be cool here is if Vicarious Visions was making a new game based on Blizzard properties, but that is not what it seems like is happening at all. And also I don't think would happen. Right. And so. FYI, it seems like Beanox is just like a support studio that works on whatever. They haven't really made a new game in forever. I thought they just made crash bandicoot four. No, that was, um, toys for Bob. It was. Yes. Beanox was just a support for, for that. They helped with Tony Hawk. They helped with oh, black ops. Toys for Bob. Who made uh, Crash Team Racing? That uh, was Beanox. Uh, that was Beanox. That was Beanox. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I mean, Toys for Bob has just been doing good stuff, but yeah, yes, Beanox yes. like made a game that okay, was yeah, that was good last. as well. So like, come on, man, what the fuck? And Beanox also worked on the Insane Trilogy with Vicarious Visions, right, right. but yeah, it's just like you have this studio that like doesn't even really make their own original games, right? Like they basically just like help other studios 
And then the one time they do get to make their own thing, they're probably like, oh, thank God. And then they made Crash Team Racing, which was <laughs> tight. Yeah. And now Vicarious Visions is... Uh... Eating into the Blizzard machine. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, Blizzard, they already made their new IP for the next 10 years. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like nothing makes me sadder than the prospect that someone who works at Vicarious Visions might have to work on Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> like that that is like the saddest thing I can possibly think of in my brain. Yeah, that's that's no good for but I'm sure Blizzard makes more money than Oh, I'm sure Blizzard makes more money than God, but it's just I don't know, man. Like I just as someone who doesn't really care about World of Warcraft, I know a lot of people do and it's huge. Like it just that game seems to be the thing that keeps Blizzard afloat, right? Because by all accounts, like it seems like Overwatch is not doing what it used to because it's very stagnant now. Um, in Overwatch 2, in theory, should come out, but they haven't said anything else about it in a long time. So, like, is that doing well in development? Like, I, right. who knows? Uh, StarCraft is dead because StarCraft 2 didn't take off in the same way StarCraft did in the esports scene, and now it's just, like, dead, basically. So I doubt they'll ever make another StarCraft because it's an RTS. Um, the regular Warcraft franchise has been dead for a long time, despite the fact that they just put out that remake, which was a total piece of dog shit. Yep. Um, Diablo, you know, do you guys have phones? Uh, that's which uh, Rod Ferguson did just leave to work on that. So... Yeah, I mean, people do have phones, so that game will probably still come out. And I, Diablo 4, I like they haven't really shown anything else about that either. So like, I wonder if Diablo four and overwatch two were having like wildly troubled developments or something. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Which Uh, I'm just trying to think when was there was overwatch their last big game. Um, yeah. I mean like Diablo three, like had like a weird Renaissance because like people on the switch, they were really shitty about it. But then when it came out on consoles, that's when people were like, Oh yes, Diablo three. But I, like I'm just, but Diablo three was like probably what 2013, 2014. Uh, I think it originally came out in like 2009 or 10. No, I'm saying uh, like on the the console. Oh, on console, yeah, it was 2013 or 2014. Um, so I mean that's a while ago, yeah. So Overwatch is probably their biggest new thing, quote unquote, outside uh, of each new WoW expansion. Uh, right, right. Which I guess they did do WoW Classic, which I don't know how well that did, but there was a lot yeah, of talk. I just... There was a lot of talk before that game that came out, and then I feel like I didn't hear anybody talk about it after. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't hear people talk about World of Warcraft either, general, and it's yeah. the most popular thing on Earth still, so. Well, I mean, I, their numbers aren't as much as they used to be, but I mean, it's, it's WoW's still very popular. Yes, so it like, is, yes. It has a very uh, dedicated fan base. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. you know, the Blizzard does make a lot of money on that, so I, I guess this, like, probably makes some business sense to... Uh, Activision, but I literally every single response to an article about this or a tweet about this I saw was like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I hate this. Um, and yeah, I so it also part of it makes me wonder if like Activision will like backtrack on this because of the wild backlash about this announcement, but I doubt they will. So. Oh no, like, I, this is this is a decision purely on money and finances and it really doesn't matter yeah oh here's Maybe. some news i saw i just I oh what's that I, it, I 
it was posted at 10.05 a.m., but I, I didn't see it until now. I guess uh, the Uncharted movie is delayed until 2022. Oh, I did see that, yeah. This is big news. Sorry, I, I cared so much that I erased it from my memory. Mm. Well, now I brought it back into your memory. I know, and I'm still sad about it. You, know? you should be. Another year until I see Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. I mean, like, that'll be kind of cool. I mean, it'll be kind of cool, yeah. But video game movies and their wonderful track record, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, that Assassin's Creed movie. <laughs> I did not. I never watched that, so I thankfully. Well, you have to watch the Resident Evil movies first. So. Yeah, I know. But I do like Michael Fassbender, so maybe I would like the Assassin's Creed movie more than I should. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe we should watch it sometime. Sure, I'm sure it's well, just a fucking great game <laughs> or movie. Yeah, I mean, it might be better as a game. I don't know. Yeah, I would assume so. Mm. All right, so yeah, that's all I've got. I guess um, the way I will accept this is if Overwatch Two plays like Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, or they put in a, like a Tony Hawk like mode in overwatch <laughs> yeah diva on a skateboard yeah I don't, uh, yeah sure mm-hmm. uh we're we're are you even when overwatch 2 comes out are you even gonna get it oh uh, yeah because it's like the part that they added that i want to see is the it's a player versus enemy thing right because the apparently well their whole pitch i don't know what it'll be anymore if they're still going with that will be uh that the original game can just play the multiplayer of the second game. Like all the heroes will still come to that or something. So yeah, I, I will try it at least if my computer meets the proper specs for Mm -hmm. what it graphically evolves into. Do you think you'll even touch much of the multiplayer or just do the, Uh, I'll probably just do the PVE stuff because like the thing that I care about overwatch now is like, I am interested in that world and I just do truly wish it was something other than what it is. Yes. Cause I think we both have this. We just kind of got to a point where like the game just like makes us angry and yes, then we just end up stop playing. So yeah, I get so mad whenever I play overwatch. So I don't even attempt anymore, but like I, yeah, I haven't played for at least the last three heroes they added. So like, I don't even know what they do to be honest. Yeah. So. And I am okay with that. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched anybody play that game in a very long time. Yeah. I haven't like looked recently because the way Twitch does the front page now, it doesn't always surface like the, the like popular games it basically tries to surface things that you would want to watch Mm. uh so like if you've watched a lot of stuff it usually doesn't show a bunch of random bullshit now so it's other than the like just on the front page there'll be a random stream playing but it's never overwatch so i don't know yeah yeah i I don't know like i'm kind of curious now yeah i haven't looked to see like what player count is that or viewer count on twitch or anything so let's look it up i would assume that valorant kind of ate its lunch recently because it's another hero based shooter but it's more like uh counter-strike and it's less stagnant because it was newer right right well overwatch has 23 viewers 23,000 viewers 23 viewers holy shit uh 23,000 yeah i mean that's still good for a well valorant has 107 so well yeah uh, yeah so five times as much, basically. Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, God, it's crazy to think Overwatch is five years old now. Yeah. And when the only thing you do is add new heroes and don't actually really change up the gameplay or like make meaningful changes to maps and game modes, like, yeah, it's going to get stagnant. Right. Where like Call of Duty, it a new one comes out every year, so that, that, that helps it from getting stagnant because yeah. those games do change quite there's a lot of variety in those games so yeah and i mean even like mobas change quite a bit right. from you know season to season or whatever patch to patch so right. i don't know i uh, don't know yeah good good luck to to blizzard um i will probably play diablo 4 when it comes out um i didn't even play diablo 3 so like I'd, oh know, really uh, yeah i never played it I, I probably would like. I probably would like it now. Um, I mean, as someone who has liked Diablo two in the past, I think I would. Yeah, I mean, you, fine. I mean, the Switch I think would be perfect for you. Um, yeah, to, yeah. Uh, to play that, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, you ready to get into the games we've been playing? Oh, I am. I'm ready to get happy, dude. All right. uh, oh let's let's God. save Hitman three for for the end. So I'll just okay. get through my stuff. Okay. Uh, did I talk about last week how I finished Hitman or Assassin's Creed? No, you said you were like 80 some percent. Yeah, okay, I finished then I must have finished it over the weekend. So yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finished uh to uh I did finish Tomb Raider as well, but I finished Assassin's Creed at like 85 hours. Oh shit. Um so yeah, and I I did everything well, I don't want to say everything you could, but I finished all the main story and then I went around and uh killed everyone in the order. So uh, if I wanted to, I could mop up that open world, but I don't think I'm going to do that because I've already poured a 85 hours into. Well, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, "You going to keep going? You going to get?" I might there? like hop in occasionally, but I'm kind of getting to a point where I'm ready to move on, and then mm-hmm. I'll want to get into like a new open world. So I kind of want to just take a little break from Assassin's Creed. So then maybe in like February, March, I'll hop into a new open world. Okay. Um, same with Tomb Raider. I finished that up over the weekend. Um, this one I do want to kind of go back and just kind of mop things up because it's not nearly as big and I can just kind of probably in a couple hours I can mop everything up and get get that to a hundred percent. So I gotcha. Uh, I uh, I enjoyed both of those experiences. Um, mm-hmm. Good good games. Um, and then I kind of was like, now what am I going to do? Because like I've been playing Assassin's Creed for literally two months. <laughs> uh, so I so I decided to try the Mummy Demastered. Okay, I saw this on here and I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is happening? I I do remember the year this game came out mm-hmm. um, because I remember thinking like, what the fuck? Right. Was it WayForward that made this? Yes. Okay, yeah. I mean, WayForward generally makes like pretty good like platformy side-scroller games. Yeah. Uh, I, I apparently has a really killer soundtrack. I remember that as well. I remember the reason why I bought this because it was on sale. I was like, I have to check this out because I don't know if you remember the year it came out. Like Giant Bomb was like freaking out about this game. And I like, do because the they were surprised. They that were uh, yes, and people were arguing that it was not a surprise because no one had any fucking expectations for a mummy game. Also, people were arguing that nobody actually played it with Giant in Giant Bomb, which is true. Yes, uh, which if they had played it they wouldn't have nominated it for any major uh, surprise not great it's like i think part of the problem is it's just it it just feels like a metroid clone okay i mean which is like that though i mm, i like castlevania clones though. uh so, okay okay because uh, like it is just like you just kind of run around and shoot 
but I like being able to kind of level up mm. because when these games, like they always have these like bosses and this is where I just stopped playing. I hit this boss. That's just a bullet sponge boss. That's just huge. And you just end up banging your head against the wall for an hour, just trying to beat this boss. Where like with like Castlevania clones or stuff like that. I can just kind of say like, you know what? I'm just going to grind my way past this boss, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I feel like I, I always feel like I can do that where with like Metroid, Metroid games, I, I, it's just kind of like either get good or you're never going to beat this boss. And I just, I don't find it fun. Like shooting a boss, just like holding down the shoot button and shooting a boss for like 10 minutes and just trying mm-hmm. not to get hit, which I, I know is basically, um, cuphead which a lot like cuphead i just i don't i don't find any of that fun where like i just find like at least with like castlevania or bloodstained or you know something like that i'm just kind of like i'm gaining levels i'm getting stronger my attacks are getting more powerful so like i i always feel like i'm accomplishing something where like for whatever reason i just don't feel any sense of progression in metroid games because like Mm. i'm asking myself why even bother kill this enemy i get nothing out of it if if that makes sense uh it does uh so uh so so to me it, it didn't really click it didn't it, it it's fine it, it seems very competent but like i especially in 2018 i think the game came out when there were like so many great games yeah, and yeah. so many big surprises like to name like i but that's why i wanted to try it primarily was just i wanted to see Cause like, I remember giant bomb, like nobody had played it and people were arguing for it. And I just remember thinking that's so bizarre. So, um, I have a question. Yeah. Is this based on the mummy movie franchise? Uh, no, this is based on like the Tom Cruise mummy. Oh, gross. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the bad one. Oh, well, I'm less interested now. Yeah. No, no. If it was the, I was like, where's Brendan Fraser? If, you, if you're playing as Brendan Fraser, I would be much more about this movie. <laughs> Cause you know how I feel about that. I know that's why I was like, I was like, oh, did you like that part? But okay, the Tom no, no, Cruise no. mummy. Yes, that movie I remember got reamed. Like people fucking hated that movie. They were gonna like start a whole film, yeah, cinematic yeah. universe, and like that movie came out and they just canceled everything. But then they like tried to start it again with something, or were going mm-hmm. to, and then canceled it again, and so yes. now that whole thing is dead. I yeah, that's bizarre. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. This okay, is the cool, whole thing cool, is cool, cool, cool. weird. How like why'd they go to Way Forward to make a Metroidvania <laughs> on a shitty movie that nobody liked? It just I mean, Way Forward made games for everything. They did so many licensed games. Like that's why the people who made Shovel Knight uh, Yacht Club games they all worked at Way Forward, right? Um, so that's where they got their like you know their talent and stuff. Pixel no, get... platformer talent, so, right? Yeah. Right. No, I mean, and they, they make, does Shantae and I was going to say they make Shantae, which is a Metroidvania. It just yeah. it's weird that like you'd make this licensed movie game and then you just make it like a pixel art Metroidvania. The whole thing is weird. Look, sometimes you got to get paid. <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not shooting on way forward because they made, as I said, they made a competent game. I, it's yeah, just, it's just when I hear Metroidvania, I get excited. Uh, but then when I see it's more of a Metroid, I get less excited. I, I got gotcha. you. Uh, so like i'm not shitting on the game it's just it's very much not for me but i just wanted to bring it up because like i just remember listening to 2018's giant bomb game of the year and that game getting much more praise than it probably should have yeah uh uh, the last game before we get into hitman 3 that i i've only dabbled a little bit in is rayman legends 
Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic, man. Oh, it's fantastic. It's still fantastic. It is still fantastic. Yeah. Um, I got to this one level. I'm going to spoil something that happens, but I was so, I, it was just so awesome. <laughs> I like, there was like music and I'm like, Oh dude, it. they're so good. Oh my God. And I was like, wait a minute. This is just black Betty. It is. And then you're like jumping to the beat and you're like attacking to the beat. And you're just like, this is just, this is so well done. It's I, so fucking good, man. I had to put down my, my controller and I just started clapping. I was like, that was so good. Good job guys. That So I'm, I'm very excited about continuing to play this game. Um, yeah. I fucking, I love Rayman legends. man. I, I, I loved origins last year. It was one of my top three old games of the year and yeah. legends has not disappointed me at all. So oh, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to continue to play legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last thing is I've played Hitman 3, which I guess mm-hmm. I'll go first and then I'll let you go okay. because mm-hmm. I just hopped into the tutorial. Okay, I only did the first two stages, but yeah. Uh, and I just did everything in the tutorial uh, mm-hmm. and that took about an hour. But I've just been busy this week. I, you know, with hockey starting up again, I've been watching a lot of hockey. Yeah, yeah. So I really, I mean, like, I know it seems like I played a lot, but I probably played about five hours of video games this this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just kind of dabbled in five different games. So like all I did was the tutorial, which the tutorial is the exact same tutorial system as it was in Hitman one and two. Oh, that tutorial. Okay. Okay. Or the prologue or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. 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 Uh, which it's still great. I mean, like I actually no, played, yeah. replayed it like each one, like a couple times, but yeah, that's all I've done. And I haven't hopped into any of the new stuff. So I'm going to let you gotcha. take over and talk about Hitman three now. Okay, so I have done the first two missions of Hitman 3, which the the first level of Hitman 3 acts like sort of as a tutorial, um, but it's more like a showcase for like the engine changes that they made with 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you, there's a new gadget thing. Uh, you have a camera and you can use that camera to like hack some locks and scan certain objects, but the game will tell you every time you have to do that. So it's, and apparently they don't use it very much and it's not very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, from the reviews, but that, that was cool. So like it starts wildly. Like I, you basically parachute out of a plane above a skyscraper in Dubai. And then you're just like in a fucking, you're parachuting down and then you're walking outside the building on the scaffolding and you're just like crawling around in the scaffolding and then like finally you get inside as they're like giving you the mission briefing or whatever and then you just go through this curtain and you have on a suit as usual and then it just opens up and like it is this insane skyscraper in dubai like i mean it it, it's kind of like the skyscraper in the scene and uh it's fast and the furious six i think it is right uh, and it's just like everything is like weird and golden colored and like there's so many people in there and it just the light ref- coming through the fucking windows. It looks insane. It looks so good. Um, and they do a lot of things that they didn't do in other Hitman levels. Like there will be more dynamic camera like it will zoom out so you can see a lot more just to show like, yo, dog, check this shit out. The graphics and the light. And oh, my God. Uh, and so that's cool. Uh, the first stage at Dubai is like kind of small by most hitman standards. Um, but there's still a lot to do, you know, you got to explore all the opportunities and things like that. Um, right. They did make some changes. So in hitman one and two, there were always the mission stories and there would be like, uh, seven or eight of them. 
uh, that you could go through. Now there are only three per stage and then all of the other stuff that would have been a mission story is just kind of relegated to like a challenge. Oh, okay. So like it still happens, but it's not really going to direct you as much outside of the three things. Right, Um, right. So like in the first stage, I was fully expecting one of the mission stories to be about an explosive golf ball that I heard people talking about. Uh, But then that wasn't. And I looked in the challenges and that's where that is. Um, So it seems like they just had changed it to challenges. I didn't go back and like look at the Hitman one and two stages to see if they changed stuff there, too. I would guess not. But that that's just the way it is in three. They kind of want you to like try to figure out some of that weird, fun, challenging stuff more on your own, I think, uh, which is cool. Um, and the, so the first stage, very cool. And like, it really got me into the, like, oh shit, I love Hitman mindset, which I had just played the previous two, the past couple weeks. So it's just like basically a continuation. I, you know, it's, it feels very similar and stuff like that. Right. Um, right. The second stage was really where it felt more unique and different. So the second stage is Dartmoor Manor which is the one that a lot of people are talking about where there is a murder mystery going on. Oh, Um, and so you can find clues. Like basically one of the mission stories is you uh, take out the inspector who has been asked to come and investigate a murder uh, and become him. And then you're basically on a hunt through this mansion to get all the clues. Um, And you can, not you don't have to find all the clues um i wanted to get the challenge that was find every clue so i did that um but then you find out who the murderer is but also you can if you get enough evidence you can pin it on two other people to like make it play out kind of differently um and i guess uh one of the things that can happen i saw people saying this happens and they don't know how it triggers is the person that you are supposed to kill is the one who hires you but apparently the murderer of the other person can kill the target. Oh. And like people don't really know what triggers that yet. So I think that's really interesting. Like people are like, yeah, I'm just doing the murder investigation. And then they're like, all right, good work. 47, get out of there. <laughs> You're like what the fuck? So that's cool that that can happen. Um, that stage is weird because it's not like a very wide area. It's just like each room in the mansion is super dense and has a lot to like look at and like, go through there's like secret passages and stuff um and you can kind of like walk around the grounds like there's a greenhouse and things like that so that uh that stage is really cool i can't wait to do that one again and figure out the other stuff like i know one of the other things is you can like call everyone there to take a family picture and somehow kill them during that uh and you know other stuff i found a way to create my own poison from these flowers it it just is a very dense map that has a lot of interesting stuff going on right and there's a lot of like interactable characters which normally isn't so much the case in hitman so that's interesting are you excited to move on to another stage or do you kind of want to stay with that one for a little bit uh usually what i had done in all of them was do the three mission stories that the game recommends you do which now in Hitman three, there's only three mission stories. So right, yeah, I've right. been doing all three of those before I move on generally. Okay. Um, so I have one more to do in uh, that one, I think. Uh, but boy, the I am one of the few people who cares about the plot of Hitman. Uh, and boy, the plot really pops off at the end of that <laughs> second mission. So I'm so fucking wildly curious to see where it goes from here. Um, because boy, do you know if and it I wraps mean, up? It does wrap up. Yes. Okay, good, good. Um, it's just kind of dumb because it's like it's not like the best plot. It's just right, like, right. oh, yes, the Illuminati are bad, basically. 
but the Illuminati are called Providence. And it's just, I don't know. It's like a dumb action movie espionage plot thing. So it's like, it's not super deep, but I think the characters are kind of interesting. And like 47's past is cool. And it like actually does play into like Hitman over the course of the entirety of Hitman. So uh, that is interesting. And I'm curious to see how that concludes, which they're trying to do that so that then they can move on to something different, which is James Bond in the, their first case. But I bet they'll do something different after that just to like start over, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I do really like it. It does make the graphics a lot better, uh, playing it on PS five. The load times are way faster, like because it was optimized for PS five. Uh, the load times are way faster. You get into the game right away. Like the playing the PS four version, even on PS five, when you would try to go to the save menu or the load menu would like take a weirdly long amount of time that happens instantaneously in Hitman three. Um, and it's just a cool thing because all three games worth of levels are there for me because I imported them all and like I imported all my progress which did get fucked up a little bit I got a bunch of stuff that I should not have for completing like really hard challenges that I definitely did not complete Hmm. Um, so I have all that a bunch of stuff like a violin and shit that I definitely did not have before but I mean that's fine my level is there all of the masteries for all the stages are there so I can go back and do those if I want um, I think I'm going to like, once I beat Hitman three, I'm just going to go back and like, try to get higher mastery on a lot of the other stages, just cause it's fun to dick around and like try the escalations and stuff, which I hadn't really gotten too much into. Um, I was going to ask, do you think this is going to be a game that y- now that you have all three, you'll just kind of check in every once in a while and play, play for a little while. If like, if you have some downtime throughout the, the year where there's not a lot coming out. Yeah, just because like I do enjoy it and I think it's cool, like finding a new area and a level and being like, oh, shit, I can mm-hmm. do this. Right. So one of the things I think is hilarious about Hitman in this this trilogy in general is just like the amount of ways you can kill people in just stupid, spectacular fashion. Right, right. One of the things they added to three, I think, is the funniest shit in the world. And now you can pick up bananas. <laughs> OK. And I know you're thinking like, oh, well, what are you going to do with a banana? You can throw bananas at people's heads. Uh, which, you know, will stun them and then you can knock them out. But oh, what I love, them? yeah, it stuns them. But okay, you can funny. you can place them like a mine. Mm. And then he gets rid of the banana part and it's just a peel. And oh. what I think is great, what I think is great about that is like when you're placing a mine, people are suspicious of you doing that. So you have to do it like in secret. You do not get people are not suspicious about you putting a banana peel on the ground. Mm-hmm. So you could do it anywhere. And uh, it does knock people unconscious when they slip on it. Oh, so you can just fucking put it down like a fucking mine (laughs) in an area where, you know, someone is going to walk through and they will fall down and get knocked out. And it counts as an accident. So no one gets suspicious of you or anyone in the area. And it's just so stupid. And I love that. And I I have only found bananas and levels so far. I haven't like looked at the mission rewards, so I don't know if I can come into the stage with a banana yet. Uh, but if I can, I'm going to do that every time mm-hmm. because that's so dumb. The only thing I think is kind of a bummer is there's not like enough forward momentum. So you can't like accidentally make someone like slip off a ledge or something. Right. They just like fall backwards, but maybe, maybe they'll patch that. Who knows? Um, so that's cool. And I, I am interested in going back. There's only one stage from Hitman 2 that I didn't play. I did the I did the first DLC stage, but on the second DLC stage. And I did not play any of the like sniper only missions, which there were three of those. 
so I could do those too. Um, but yeah, I, I am, I want to go back and like do things in Hitman one and two. Cause a lot of the stages in two are really cool. Um, which is why I try, I try to go through them at least like two or three times before I move on to the next one is just so I feel like, Oh yeah, like I got a pretty good feel for the stage. So then when I want to go back and actually try to do the harder challenges, I might have like a better idea of how to go about it. Right. I actually, I watched a video today of someone doing Dubai in 17 seconds. Wow. Jesus. And it was, it's so fucking cool. <laughs> they basically start at one of the like locations you unlock immediately, turn a corner, shoot a guy in the head, uh, throw a flash grenade, shoot another guy in the head and then escape out of an elevator shaft that was right there. <laughs> 17 seconds. And I was just like, Holy shit, man. I wish I was that good. That's fucking nuts. Uh, one last thing I wanted to ask you is you were very excited about like, ps5 enhancements Mm -hmm. uh with this is is there anything noticeable going from like one and two on the ps4 to this one on ps5 other than load times no not yet so far it's just load times like they did say specifically like they talked about the haptic feedback in right right the triggers i don't know that i've shot a gun yet oh okay uh because in the first stage you can't start with a gun um or you do you do start with a gun, but then like you get frisked immediately in the first like mission story thing. So I had to get rid of the gun pretty quickly. Um, but I guess I guess that more comes into play a lot when you're sniping, and I never snipe mm-hmm. uh, because one, it's you have to play the stage to get a high enough mastery to have them smuggle in a sniper because you can't fucking carry that around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I haven't really messed with that yet. But it so far it just seems like the load times and. Uh, it does like it feels smoother to play, like to move, because mm-hmm. um, I I feel like the the first two are running at 60, but maybe they're only running at 30. I'd have to go back and see, which I can't do because I just deleted Hitman 2 off my hard drive. But uh, yeah, I mean, just faster, like better graphics for sure. But the better graphics come with Hitman 3, you know, like it's just right. the newest one. So. Yeah, I don't know. I I do really like it. I I will probably end up beating it this weekend just because like to get through the games is not that long. Um, Like, I think I would only have to play like four or five more hours to like get through it, quote unquote. Right. But I mean, that's not what these Hitman games are about. Like this trilogy is about like going back through seeing what you can do. I mean, if you want to do that, you know. But like that's more what they're built for is to just like dick around and get masteries up and find dumb explosive rubber ducks and shit. Right, right. Chuck an explosive baseball at someone's head, you know, it's whatever. Okay, so I'm I'm looking at the digital foundry on Hitman Xbox One versus PS4 frame rate. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're around forty five like PS4 is around forty five frames per second. Okay. I know I, so I know like, that in Hitman 3 now they all run at 60. Well, the PS4 and the Xbox One don't, but I guess the PS4 Pro does. Okay. Which is interesting. But I, I was going to say, I bet the like I bet it is probably up to 60, so it is probably a good yeah, like yeah. 15 frames better. Yeah, like it just it feels smoother and looks smoother. Right. And I, did, I don't know if that's just like they improve the animation or if it just is a higher frame rate. It probably um, is a higher frame rate. Because I remember... Oh god, because like there was the giant bomb hits miss, which I know I've been talking about a lot. But there was that like just giant bomb this episode. But like I, I remember that second hits miss they did, and they played it on the PC. Oh, the PC is yeah. And they were like, oh my god, why were we not playing on the PC all along? <laughs> and I bet this is just more like the PS PC version that they were playing on before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. 
uh, yeah. So it probably is just a little bit smoother and just looks a little bit better. So, yeah. Uh, the only bummer about the Hitman 3 release is that uh, uh, pretty obviously to me, at least I figured it was going to happen, was the um, the exporting progress to get your progress from Hitman 2 to Hitman 3 uh, broke. Mm. Uh, the site basically shut down. Um, and what kind of sucks about that is the way the importing of your data works is that like if you made progress in Hitman 3 and then you're data progress carried over it would delete that hitman 3 progress oh so it's basically like you don't want to start until you import your hitman 2 stuff so that's why i haven't played as much as i probably would have is because i had to wait a few hours for my stuff to be able to go through right right Uh, and i didn't want to just like dick around and then because i i don't know if i said this on the podcast but there was one day i played a mission offline not realizing that you get nothing when you complete it oh so I did that and then I didn't get any rewards or any mastery or anything. And I was like, Oh, I hate my life. Yeah. I did have that. I ran into that issue on like the prologue where it just kept like disconnecting me. I was just guessing that I was playing Wednesday and there are probably a lot of people playing. Yeah, there were. Yeah. So the servers have been disconnecting quite a bit. Um, I, I, yesterday night, not so much, but, uh, I was also having that problem happen with Hitman 2, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it was because they were just like getting the servers ready for 3 or something. Right. So I was, uh, it's not that bad usually because you it'll just say, oh, you got disconnected and you can, it'll either try to reconnect in the background real quick or it'll pop up and say, do you want to try to reconnect? Right, right. Uh, sometimes the game will fuck up though and just like boot you to the menu. Mm. Which really blows. That, happened, that only happened to me once in Hitman 2, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's a really cool franchise, and I'm like kind of bummed that I didn't play it sooner. But I mean, playing all three of these back to back, I am not burned out. You mm-hmm. know, like I, I have enjoyed it, which normally that's the kind of thing where you'd probably get burned out. But it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, you play one and then you play two and you see like the improvements. And now I'm playing three and you see the improvements. It's just cool. And it is one cohesive story. So I, I am having a good time and I think I will like it quite a bit because I already do. Yeah, I as I said, I mean, I I played the the prologue, which I've already played on Hitman One, mm. and I had fun with it. So I look forward to hopping into it more. Just uh, just a busy week for me with just other things. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, so I that's the uh, the games we've been playing. Yeah, that's the uh, games we've been playing. Uh, let's get into part three. Uh, but before we do, do you want to do part three, Frosty, or do you want to? like figure out what our part three is going to be next week. Now, do you want to wait till after, or do you want to do that before Manny? Um, I mean, we can do that now if you want. Okay. Cause I have some, t- I wanted to do a top 10 list for next week. Okay. So I have some lists here mm-hmm. and what I want you to do is pick a number between one and 20. Mm, I'm going to pick 16, 16. Oh, that's a good one, Manny. <laughs> so the, the 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 top 10 list we're going to do for next week is the top 10 mario party mini games oh my fucking god <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> that is that's a true that's a truly good one <laughs> uh yeah it's a pizza baby uh eats a pizza and bumper balls are going to be pretty high on our list i think <laughs> So now you're gonna have to be thinking about Mario Party all week. Yeah, great. Um, I already was weirdly enough oh. um, because someone I go to trivia with, uh, they 
uh, have been home. They don't live in this state, uh, but they've been home and their friends have been playing Mario Party with them over Parsec. <laughs> and they tell me about it each week. And uh, this week they won Mario Party 5 and they mm. sent me an image of them winning. And I was like, I don't need this in my <laughs> life. I don't need to know that you became the party star. All right, man. Like, uh, gross. So, uh, yeah, now now you got to think about all those Mario Party games and got to come up with a top 10 list. And then we'll. Oh, God, I might have to watch a video of every fucking <laughs> Mario Party mini game, which it, that uh, that definitely exists out there on oh, YouTube yeah, yeah. for sure. Oh, you, uh, there's definitely lists that we can Google and just be like, what are the best ones? And so, but yeah, yeah. yeah um, there's so many good choices here. I mean, we got like Metroidvanias. We could have done Manny. Uh, oh shit! Well, what the fuck? Oh, I picked a bad one. Fighting games. Uh, oh my god! See, what have I done? Top ten stories, but you oh, picked you picked Mario I picked Party. Mario Party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry to our listeners. No, no, our, our, our listeners. Our listeners are excited. I know our. Listeners. Oh yeah, definitely. They can't <laughs> wait for this one. Um, wolf. Okay. Well, are you ready to get into a frosty? Yes. Yes. Okay. And in case anybody is listening for the first time, frosty is just a snowman head uh, bowl. We call him frosty, and it's just got like a ton of different like franchises or games. Manny's just gonna pick one of them out of like the bowl, and then we're just gonna talk about that for as long as the conversation goes, and that'll be our part three for this episode. So, Manny, I assume you're like stirring it up with your hand. I'm I'm stirring it up. I don't know that you, we can hear this. Anymore, oh, I can but, hear uh, you. I can. Okay, hear great, great, great. Okay, so the one I pulled, I am gonna say that we should wait and not do it today. Okay. Uh, because it is Earthbound, and I am actually playing through Earthbound currently. Oh. Um, and I am also reading a textbook sized book about it as I play through it. So, if you're playing uh, through it, why are we not talking about it? Uh, because I I can't talk about it right okay. now. Not yet. I got to I got to finish. I it's one of my favorite games of all time, and I have to finish it. And I'm a criminal. And I are you going to finish it this time? Yes, I am. I've been playing it for at least a couple hours each weekend only. Okay. Um, and I am a quarter of the way through the game now, but I am also reading the, I have a book, um, that, um, actually one of the first websites I visited, the person who made that website, uh, Clyde Mandolin, he, uh, wrote a book called legends of localization. This is the second one. The first one is about the original legend of Zelda. This one is about earthbound because he made a fan site of earthbound Mm -hmm. and it's why he learned Japanese in the first place, but it is about the localization. Uh, which I am also learning Japanese again. So it oh. is all it is all full circle coming full circle here. Well, good luck. Yes, thank you. Um, so I will I'll put that one back in because I dude, we could have a fucking podcast about Earthbound, dude. I could I could go off, but I would like to finish it and finish reading this book. So okay. all right, we'll see. We'll put um, that back in and we'll try again. I have pulled another one and oh, I feel bad. It's Persona 4. Ooh. <laughs> So. Do you want me to do you want me to pull another one because no, 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 I no, no. This, I can talk about Persona Four? Okay. I, I am perfectly fine with you. Like, talk about something you're excited about. Okay, I, bet you I did not expect to talk about Persona Four today. And no, I did not. Um, so now you get to talk about Persona Four. Yeah. So I have not beaten Persona Four before, but I've Ooh. seen the ending because I I am a criminal in most games that I really like, uh, or at least that I used to really like. I do not beat them, especially JRPGs, because I am an idiot. 
Uh, I've played almost all the way through Persona 4 twice. Once the original and the second one time on Persona 4 Golden. The Which, the Vita? Re- yep, on the Vita. Um, and I... Uh, Calvin actually, my friend Calvin beat the game while I was there on my PS2 copy. So I assume so I have, I've seen this. Did you also watch Giant Bomb's playthrough of it, or no? Uh, I did not watch all the way through to the end of Giant Bomb's playthrough. Okay, but I have seen. I've actually watched most of the way through that twice too. So okay. I just have a problem. Um, well, I think it's less you have a problem, and JRPGs have a problem with pacing. I would say. Well, no, that's true, but it's usually like I end right before the end of the game, and it's just that's where I stop playing games. Like I've gotten to the end of Final Fantasy Nine like probably seven times, and just <laughs> not beating it. So that that's my own personal issue, especially with Final Fantasy games. I only beat the ones I don't like very much. Oh, that, that's smart. Yeah, like seven, uh, 13, 13. Oh, don't two, don't, 13, don't say three, that 15. on a podcast that you don't like seven. I know. Sorry. Seven remake though, I did beat that one and I did like it. So who? Uh, does now, it the fan, now the fan. Now the fans are really mad. Are you? It does it count as finishing it if it's only like a, th- uh, like what, like one fifth of the actual game? <laughs> like I finished Final Fantasy Seven remake. <laughs> all right. Um. So yeah, Persona Four. Uh, this is where I think Persona truly came into the mainstream consciousness. Um, because Persona One, like no one even knows anything about that. There were two Persona Two games, uh, and they were uh, still pretty good JRPGs. Um, but they, the only the first half was released here. Um, the second half never came out. Um, and then they were like, I think both of them came out on the PSP as remakes, but that was only after Persona got popular. Um, three popularized what they are like now, which is basically like a high school simulation mixed with JRPG fun combat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not many people really knew about three, but like it was a cult classic. Like I actually bought three the day it came out, weirdly enough. Um and then four was where it really came into its own. And four, I think, got screwed a little bit because it came out in the U.S. in 2008. And it was like after the PS3 was already out and when the PS2 was like on its last legs. So it was one of the last PS2 games, probably like major PS2 games to get released that most people know about. So I think that's why it kind of didn't get as big as it could have. Um but Persona 4 is probably widely considered the best Persona game by a lot of people, I think. Um, and it is about a kid who goes to live with his uncle in the small Japanese town of Inaba. And originally, it's just like a weird thing. Like, I, I don't remember why it happens. I think it's because his parents go to America or something. Um, and so he just has to continue to be in school. So he ends up going to live with his uncle and uh, his uncle's daughter. His uncle's name is uh, Dojima. Yes. I have not played this game. Yes. Dojima. And then the, the little girl's name is Nanako. Um, mm-hmm. And there is no mom, which, you know, comes into play in the story. But um, it it's weird because every persona game has a different vibe and a color that represents it. So three is blue, four is yellow and five is red. Right. And the, the whole overall feel of persona four to me is like seventies kind of, which I know is a weird thing to say, uh, but it's more just like weird, like kind of disco music stuff. Mm. Whereas three was like more like hip hop and five is more like jazz. I was going to say five has a jazz feel to it. Yeah. Five is more jazz, but three is more hip hop. That's why I like the, 
uh, soundtrack of three the most, but the music in all of them is good. Shoji Maguro has wide range and just does a good job. But uh, yeah, and so you end up getting involved in a series of murders, actually. Um, the So there's like a serial killer going around and killing people only when it is foggy out and like the fog will clear and then there's like dead bodies hanging from like telephone poles and shit. It's actually pretty dark. Hmm. Um, and you are just a kid going to high school and you find out uh, through these visions and stuff that you are able to go inside the TV uh, and there is a whole other world inside the TV. And that is where you end up being able to summon your persona. You find out about that. And then you fight these demons called shadows. Um, But the main character is always special and they are the wild cards. So they don't have just one persona. They can use any persona. They can recruit the monsters that you fight um, when they reveal their true forms. And, uh, you know, go from there. And that's, that's people probably know what persona games are like, but they're turn-based RPGs where you fight against shadows. And then, uh, you basically use demons to fight for you and they have different skills and things like that. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how to talk about persona just like in general. Right. Right. But this, this game, this game has a very good story and like the characters are all um, very interesting and filled with personality, which I mean, like, obviously you're going to get to know characters in a story based game over the course of like 80 hours. Um, but the main character who I always want to call Charlie Tonoku, because that is uh, what they named him in the giant bomb endurance run. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember his actual name. Like he has a canonical name from the manga and the anime, but I never remember what it is for him. I just remember threes is Makoto. Uh, and I think fives is Kira, but three, uh, fours, I never remember. Um, so there is him. Uh, and you know, you always have to have a party in JRPGs. And the first character you meet is Yosuke, who is the, uh, heir to the local, uh, department store, which apparently little kids love department stores in Japan. I don't know what's, what's the, what that's about, but the department store is called Juness. And you're, the main character's niece, Nanako, is like fucking obsessed with Juness. She like sing, sings the theme song every time it's on TV and like wants to go there every time you're like, oh, we have a day off. Where do you want to go that's fun? She's like, the department store. I still <laughs> think that's fucking so bizarre. But she loves it and that's cool. So usually you end up bringing her there to be a nice, you know, nice uncle. Uh, and yeah, it, it so the characters all have a lot of personality, like even the side characters that aren't necessarily like more core to the plot, like your uncle Dojima, who is a detective uh, who is actually working the cases of the murders that you end up solving by going into the TV world. Um, right, right. But yeah, so there's Yosuke, the like kind of angsty teen who's horny for all the ladies. Um, and then there is Chie, who is the tomboy girl that ever, with a bowl cut that most people tend to like. I you know, I don't dislike GA, but I do not think she would be my go-to choice of person to date in that game. Um, she's very strong though. She has a lot of good physical attacks. Uh, and then there is her best friend Yukiko, who is, uh, the heiress of a local inn. uh, Kanji, who is the tough guy, but really has a big feminine side. He loves to sew. Uh, but he, Kanji's whole thing is weird. And I still don't know, like where people land on that. If he's like, okay as a character or not because it's like it's it's kind of implied that like maybe he's gay but like they don't really 
go into that. It's just like he's very confused about his sexuality, I think. Oh. Uh, because the, the last character is... Uh, or not our last character, then, well, the second to last character uh, is Naoto Shiragane, who is a girl who is a very famous detective, but she pretends to be a man because people look down upon her as a girl. So she tries to be a man so that she uh, is, like, accepted by the, like, cops and the other detectives and stuff, which is really fucked up. Um, But Kanji is, like, attracted to her. Uh, and he like doesn't know if it's because she like is dressing like a dude or if it's because she's cool. It's very weird. Um, so there's a lot of weird. Kanji doesn't know what's going on. He's a teen. Whatever he likes to sew. That's cool. A lot. A lot of Kanji's backstory is like he's like very angry and like beats up a lot of people. And it's partially, I think, because he's like trying to hide who he is, like because he likes a lot of more like what are widely to be believed feminine things. Right. But, you know, I like Kanji as a character. Kanji is a great character and he should just do whatever he wants, man. Mm-hmm. Do what makes you feel good. Like a lot of his side stories involve him, like sewing stuffed animals for this little girl. She's very touching. He's a Kanji's a great character, no matter how gruff he seems. Um, and then the final character is uh, Rise Kujikawa, who is a pop idol. Um, and she doesn't actually fight with you. She uh, is more like your navigator. And uh, I, I do there, like Risa. There, there's another character. There is another character. I know. And I just remembered this. I fucking hate Teddy though. Okay. Makes me, it makes me angry. So yeah, the, ma- like the, the only character I know. From yeah. The, the, the mascot character, uh, Teddy is my least favorite character by a large margin. Um, because I think his voice is annoying and I think his character arc is annoying, especially spoilers when he becomes a human partway through. Um, so then you get to see him outside of the TV world as well. Mm. and i just you, you know i don't like seeing him so is the cat cat in five a lot better or whatever that name was? yeah I, yeah morgana is a morgana. lot better um and then in three the mascot was his dog and he doesn't talk and he's just cool and i love koromaru more mm. than anything else in the world so they should go back to non-talking uh mascot characters okay so that i don't have to deal with their weird crises about them being weird talking animals uh, but yeah, so I, I don't really like Teddy, but I do think that they all end up having like a pretty good character arc and go through that. I'm not necessarily going to like spoil the plot of this game or anything right, right, right. Uh, just because there's so much to it. But yeah, basically, like you work with these people and uh, each time there is about to be a murder, uh, usually that person appears at night at midnight on the TV and people dub that the midnight channel. And what ends up happening, it is like their inner desires uh, end up just like manifesting themselves in this channel. So for like Kanji, 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 he's like this super weird flamboyant guy in a in a sauna. Uh, Rise is just like basically very, um, uh, very sexual, I guess, to not be derogatory. Um, and then like. Now, Nauto is a bunch of weird shit going on where she just believes she's a man and stuff. Um, but what ends up happening in each dungeon is you basically go in, you have them confront their shadow, they awaken their persona, and then they don't get murdered. Okay. Uh, so you're basically like saving these people from getting murdered, more or less. Um, and that's cool. Uh, but what ends up happening is like they know that the cops know that these people are going to be targeted for whatever reason they figure out who's probably going to be next. And it's usually people who are related to the previous murder case. 
and so your uncle, who is the head of that case, always is like, isn't it kind of weird that like each time one of these things happens, your like new friend is the person who was involved with the case. And you're just like, no, whatever. It's cool. Uh, I mean, in the end, he does, as we usually happens, as he figures it out, you tell him all about the TV world. And he's like, what? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. No one believes you can go inside a TV and shit. Um, but, you know, it all ends up working out for the best in the end. Uh, and th- that that ends up being cool. The the reveal of the murderer, I think, was wild to me the first time I heard it, because I just truly did not believe that that person would be the murderer. Um, but they they give you more insight into that character in persona Four golden. Uh, like they actually make them a social link. Mm. So you like, basically like, even though I already knew they were the murderer, you like get to know them better. And it like tries to make you empathize. And it's like, Oh, this is really weird. Cause you, cause you know that they're a terrible person, but they're like faking it the whole, it's just fucking weird. Um, so yeah, I won't spoil who that is in case people want to play persona Four, you know, but it's just overall, it is, there is a reason that it is widely considered to be one of the best JRPGs of all time and why people really latched onto it. And it's just because it does have a very believable cast of characters. It is paced pretty well for a game of its length. And there's just, there's so much to do. Like it's one of those things where for some reason, games like that, at least to me, usually where you are doing a life simulation of like going to school or like going through a routine and you have to like make time to hang out with specific people or whatever. It makes it feel more rewarding for some reason, because it's like, Oh, I specifically chose to spend my time hanging out with this person. And like, I got this scene for it and it feels more rewarding. Right. Um, But also it just means because it is played out over a large length of time, there is just a lot of dialogue with the characters and like, you get to know them and it really feels like, you know, your way around the town and things like that. And I always think that's really cool. And persona four, especially does a really good job of making the town just feel like a real lived in place even though it is surrounded by the idea of a magical TV world where demons live. <laughs> sure. Uh, and so like that, that, that concept is weird and like very anime, but everything else surrounding it is just like, Oh, this is like a small Japanese town out in the countryside. And just, just the, I, I like murder mysteries, you know? So it's, it's cool to, to see that through. Um, and just like the the concept of everyday life, I, I don't know what it is, but I always find like things that replicate everyday life in games. I enjoy a lot. So like just like things like Animal Crossing, things like Harvest Moon, Stardew Valley, like I like that stuff for some reason. It is always like spoken to me directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I it seemed like you even really liked um red dead redemption Two, some of that stuff as well yeah like that that kind of stuff i really were the parts of red dead that i really liked um like yeah especially like the the last part where it's mm-hmm. more just like hey i'm building a ranch and not right. so much like hey this is like a life or death scenario you yeah know? i'm a cowboy yeah cowboy time uh so yeah, I, I I don't know. There's just something about Persona games that really I think touches a lot of people, and usually they just have like such a crazy, flashy style that they really stand out. But like yes. outside of that, it's not like it's just 
all style, no substance. Like they usually have a lot of substance and like some pretty interesting themes and like people, the characters do have like very good growth arcs and things like that. And they do in some cases deal with like more sensitive topics like depression or like with Kanji, like maybe questioning his sexuality and stuff like that. Uh, And like, I, I think that games nowadays, they do that a lot, but they didn't used to. Right, right. Like, I mean, especially with, like, games like The Last of Us, like, that tackles, like, a lot of subjects that are, like, very extreme and things like that. Uh, Or even, like, Bug Snacks deals with, like, mental health issues or, like, Night in the Woods and stuff like that. But Persona games were, I think, doing that a little bit before it was, like, not not necessarily cool, quote unquote, but like before indie games had really popularized, like, hey, I games can be whatever, man. They can they can touch on any subject if you really need them to be. Right. So yeah, it's it's cool that Persona games try to do that. I think four does a better job with a lot of its subjects than five does. Mm. Um five five kind of loses its way in a lot of places, but I, I still like those characters and it might be my favorite one personally. Um, but that's just because like I, the characters in four, I think are really good, but I just, I like the ones in five more, I think overall, but five definitely does have some issues with like subject matter and stuff like that. So, you know, right. Four is the one that I think a lot of people go to. And like now, especially like it's sold super well when golden released on steam. Uh, and now it's like dirt cheap. So like anyone can play it cause it's a fucking PS2 game. So you don't need a very good computer to do it. And golden like persona five Royal added a whole shitload of stuff. Um, and it, like, there's something to be said about the fact that like persona four golden was the reason people bought the Vita. Like that's, that's how much persona four resonates with people is that like it was the system seller for a lot of people on a piece of hardware that definitely did not do anything to prove itself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like everybody that I've know that bought a Vita, they loved their Vita, but they just hated that they had nothing to play on it. Yeah, and then like it was one of the things where like Sony didn't, re- they definitely didn't support it. Like in the first party games on it, were like not good. Right. Like the Uncharted game is not good. The Killzone game is not good. Uh, like Tearaway was cool. Um, and then that ended up getting ported to the PS4. So it's like another reason not to have the Vita or whatever. Oh yeah. There was that, that flying game. Oh, gravity rush. Rush. Um, and yeah, then they made gravity rush remastered, which was how I ended up playing it because I really, really did not like the controls on the Vita. Mm. Um, cause you have to use the like back touch panel and shit. Right. Not a fan. Um, but yeah, like that was Persona 4 was like one of the reasons that a lot of people ended up buying a Vita. So like, I think mm-hmm. that's a, something about it that like people are willing to buy this system for a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I assume Golden like had more content than like. The yeah, Golden had way more content. The, I can't pick out any of it specifically like I can with Persona 5 Royal. But the main thing that always sticks out in my brain is you get your moped license. Oh, and then you can like take the mopeds and go to other areas <laughs> because Yosuke thinks that it, getting a moped will help you pick up chicks. <laughs> does it? It doesn't. No, oh. it does not. <laughs> oh, that's. I think I think it like made fun of immediately. Okay, I think <laughs> so, which is what I would have expected to happen. Uh, but they end up using it, and then like uh, it added a couple extra months. So like there was it wasn't really ever winter time in the original. So there's like a, a skiing snowboarding trip that you go on uh, later in the game. So there's def- there's definitely a lot more stuff, and they flesh out some of the things that weren't quite as fleshed out. And there's additional scenes and stuff. Right. Um, they had to change she is voice actress because i guess her original voice actress just like wasn't really a voice actress in the first place she just like kind of did persona and then 
like stopped voice acting altogether. So they had to get a new person for her and for Teddy, I believe. Um, Teddy's voice is pretty similar though. Plus mm. I hate Teddy's voice in all cases. So, um, but yeah, they changed GA's voice actress. So those were like the major changes that I can think of. Um, and they also made it so you could go out at night more, which, you know, seems to be one of the changes they always make. I wonder why they that... limit you initially. It's, it's just one of those things where like, I, I think they don't realize that you could be going out that much more. I don't know. Like, cause you could always do night jobs at night in persona four, but it's just, there, there are so many more opportunities to do so in golden. So I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things where they figured that most of the people buying it will be people who already played it. So they, they like don't think you need to have your hand held as much or like be forced to do certain things or whatever. I don't know. No, I, I it just seems weird that they like open it up more because you'd think it'd just make it a more enjoyable experience. Just not being, yeah. uh, gated so much. So Yeah. And it's one of those things where like they now definitely know that people would rather it be that way. Right. So like, it makes me wonder how persona six will be, or if persona six will even be like a similar game, right? Like I, maybe it's time for them to change up the formula. I don't know. I doubt they will because they're a Japanese company and usually they <laughs> don't do things like that. Uh, but who knows? And the Persona team's next game isn't even a Persona game. It's like a fantasy RPG. So mm-hmm. like high fantasy, like right. Lord of the Rings type shit. So I actually, I thought about that game the other day, Project Re-Fantasy. Um, <laughs> and I looked it up because they haven't said anything about it in years, but I guess uh, in an interview just a couple months ago uh, yeah in december uh they said yeah it's going pretty well with development of that and i was like oh shit well i guess that's still coming out i was like wondering if it was canceled or something yeah huh because I, I remember it uh it was announced before persona 5 was originally released here do you think you will ever see another Catherine type of game I don't know. And that's what I saw people speculating. Like maybe this new game isn't even a turn-based RPG. Maybe it's just something like different, like Catherine. Maybe it's a puzzle game. Maybe it's something totally different. So, But I, th- I think they're kind of stuck in the like social elements of their games now. Right. Uh, Cause like Catherine had that, like the main part where you're not doing puzzles as you're hanging out in the bar, talking to people. Um, so yeah, I think that's like a main core thing of their games now. So, who knows? Maybe they just wanted to get out of high school setting. So then they made Catherine and then they were like, ah, I guess we'll make a fantasy game. And it's who knows? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't have like a super whole lot more to say about persona four other than that. Like it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun game. And like, if you don't want to play through the game, but it sounds interesting to you, there are two different versions of the anime that are only like 28 some episodes a piece. Uh, the first one was just the original Persona 4, but then they made a Persona 4 golden anime as well. Oh. Uh, so as like some of the different choices that the character could have made or whatever and add some of the extra scenes and stuff in there. So I never watched the golden anime. I only watched the original Persona 4 anime, but it is a very good representation of uh, what it is. I know the English dub did not have the same voice actors as the game. Uh, which kind of sucks. So I watched it in Japanese, but the, actually the English dub of the persona five anime does have the voice actors from the game. So hmm. that, that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so there's anime. If you wanted to just watch it instead of like, you know, putting yourself through watching someone play for 80 hours or playing through 80 some hours yourself. 
Uh, and yeah, I don't, there were all kinds of fucking spinoffs, man. They milked Persona 4 to death. Persona 4 Arena. I was going to bring that game, up. Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Because uh, that arena, that's the only really thing I, I've touched of like Persona 4 was that, yeah. that fighting game. And then they were like, what if we made a rhythm game, Persona 4 Dancing All Night? And I was like, I'll take that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And that was also a Vita game uh, originally. So I have that that's a majority of my Vita collection is Persona 4 related goods <laughs> and Gravity Rush, I guess. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. That's all I got. I mean, yeah. this will make the podcast a relatively normal length. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, pretty good length. Uh, next next week, it's going to be some heavy debating, though. So Oh, yeah, we're going to have just a lot of heavy debate. We're going to be screaming and yelling at each other over which Mario Party minigames uh-huh. are the best. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's going to get nasty next week. It's going to get nasty next week, for sure. Um. But yeah, I will. I'll talk about Earthbound sometime. Mm-hmm. I could. I could talk about it for so right. many hours. If you want to do a spoiler cast when you're done, we can just. Uh, I'll sit and listen to you talk about it whenever you want to. Okay. Well, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. someday I will. someday I will finish. Um, probably within the next couple of weeks because it's not super long. But, uh, yeah, it'll take me a long time to read through this fucking book though. So, it's like um. 500 pages and is like the size of a textbook. So, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, so yeah, that's all. I think that's going to do it for this week. Unless you got any other pressing concerns or uh, no, things. I uh, found, I did find Rebecca Black's Twitter, so I'll be messaging her. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Tight, 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 tight. Um, God, I hope. She, oh my God, if you did send that and then they like answer, I it will blow my mind open. Um, but yeah, so maybe you look forward to a new theme song by <laughs> Rebecca Black uh, coming, coming, coming soon. Who knows where we'll be? But for right now, our theme song is by uh, is the song Sting Operation by the band Anamanaguchi. Excellent chiptune band. You should check them out. I have been listening to them a lot recently, um, more than usual. So you should check them out. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for this week. Uh, we will be back next week where we will debate <laughs> the top the top Mario Party minigames of all time. So we will catch you guys then. Peace out.